Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about day, la, soul. Because... Billy, I'm going to set the table. Yeah, All right. set the table, Waldron. What are we, what's, our, what's our meal today? The meal today is Tim Lindbergh presenting a tour of De La Soul. Mm-hmm. He is the perennial hip-hop consultant expert on retainer. On retainer. Check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, checks, <laughs> checks in the mail. Don't worry. So, Tim, welcome back, man. Uh, good morning, boys. Good to be here. This is going to be a good one. So good. I'm psyched you're doing this with us, Tim. Thanks. We've talked about the music that is your like coming of age music and this is some of my coming of age music this is like my 100 my high school years my early college years 100 this is high school and college i think for me like the beasties this is like how i trace the arc of my high school and college life i'm gonna put you on the spot a few times during this uh recording walter and to see if you can find the samples i love it Okay. <laughs> this is, this is the, qu- the stump the chump quiz of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, where do we start, Tim? Where we start is me saying up front that I think when we did The Roots, we talked about The Roots being the greatest band in the history of hip hop. I would like to start by saying that De La Soul has the best four album run mm-hmm. in the history of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I think, and people would fight me on Tribe, but I would win. And they would fight me on Outcast, but I would win. Their first four records represent the best four album run um, in the history of rap music. That's, that's, that's how we're going to kick this off. All right. I love it. To set the table, we need to acknowledge the, the awfulness of uh, True Boy the Dove passing mm-hmm. in February of this year mm-hmm. and, and the horrible irony of that happening. Like the week? They were uh, embroiled in sort of uh, legal challenges around sample uses and then the rights to their music was sold multiple times and so they haven't been on streaming services. So it's hard to understand the impact that has on the trajectory of their career, but they didn't exist in the Spotify universe until earlier this month um, or on you know Apple Music or any other streaming service. So you know they've, they've basically been invisible to people who aren't our age. <laughs> Had that not been true, you know, how much more music would they have put out and yeah. how much more popular would they have been? And, um, you know, would the, would they be there with the roots in terms of the longevity of that career? Um, but yeah, to have True Goy pass literally, I think, 10 days or, or, yeah. or two within weeks a, or something within, like that. Within it was, yeah. two weeks, maybe within a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Where do you want to start, Tim? Let's start with a song from Stetsasonic called Talking All That Jazz. Just because it's going to set it's going to set the mood a little bit. Okay, this is not De La Soul, though. Well, here's how it started. Heard you on the radio talking about rap, saying all that crap. I love it. (laughs) I'll get you there. Criticize our method of how we make records. You said it wasn't art, so now we're gonna rip you apart. Stop. 
So Stetsasonic is sort of a little bit of a precursor to The Roots. One of the first bands to incorporate live instruments at all. They had two DJs in this group, one of which is Prince Paul, who is the producer uh, who really established the De La Soul sound mm-hmm. across their first three albums. And also like infused the, the weird. He was DJing around Amityville, New York and Long Island as De La was sort of coming to become a real thing. They had mutual friends, and it was really when they connected with uh, Prince Paul that sort of the group really came together and he took their uh, really rough sort of demos and turned them into something more polished and, and he really established the sound of De La Soul. And I just think it's important in context because the first three albums are very shaped by Prince Paul and their fourth album is not. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Talking all that jazz. I appreciate this education a lot, personally. Well, and you can hear it, right? I mean, you can hear that this this feels like De La Soul. Yeah. Lies. This when you hide the truth. And so, if we jump into sort of my first pick, and really, let me just say, like, we're just going to talk about their first four records. Mm-hmm. They made some good music afterwards. But this four album run represents to me when they made their best music. And that starts with the release of Three Feet High and Rising. Which came out in 1989. I didn't hear it until the summer. And the first song I actually remember hearing from them was Me, Myself, and I, which is the first pick. When it comes to being Dayla, it's just me, myself, and I. All right, now, Waldron, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that there is a sample in here that you can pick out. Or at least, a, not the sample itself, but that there's a band in here that you can pick out. Now you tease my plug one style and my plug one well, I can hear a lot of uh, sort of 70s era funk, but maybe edging towards disco sound here. Sure. I'm thinking maybe Parliament. Don't quite know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep listening. Should I be hearing it already? Yeah, no, I mean, Funkadelic. That's, uh, that's, that's what you're hearing. So the song is n- okay. yeah, knee, knee deep. Um, okay. But like the Beasties... These guys sampled a lot and and like they really created, I would say alongside the Beasties, that art form of taking a bunch of stuff and putting it together and turning it into something cool. And like the Beasties, um, they got into a lot of trouble for it. And and a, a lot of the complexity of getting them on streaming services was dealing with the stuff that hadn't been cleared through the record label. When they actually, before they were able to re-release the catalog, they had to go back into the studio with Prince Paul and replay some of the stuff that they, they couldn't solve for otherwise. So how did they do that, I wonder? W- wouldn't that fundamentally change the piece of music? Let me, like... It does, there's yeah. an, Like, this song without that... Uh, funkadelic um, sample couldn't be done, right? It's central to the music, right? I mean, basically, during this sort of like ambiguous period of the legality of sampling, people would clear the big ones 
and try to get away with the little ones. Right, okay. Hmm. I find myself, you know, listening to their catalog once it hits streaming. It hasn't really been disruptive, but I can definitely, you know, there are certain songs where you can be like, oh, those vocals are different, or that sounds a little different than it did before. But I think for the most part, they didn't, they didn't really have to disrupt the foundational sounds of the records. I'll tell you that uh, to my less attuned ears, I can't tell the difference. I mean, I, I bet there might be places where eventually I will, but I haven't found it yet. Three Feet High and Rising came out in... 89. Yeah, so I was, I was like a freshman, you know, and... We're not going to play, I think, the skits, but like part of the appeal of this band was the skits because it's like they're hilarious and they're definitely hilarious to 14 year old kids. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of funniness. So that's that's kind of like what drew maybe what drew me in. Yeah. Listening to their albums felt like, you know, listening to, uh, you know, when we were kids, you play the records with the comic book with the little. It makes you oh, yeah. turn they the page. They have the film strip sound. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 On De La Soul's Dead, they actually use yeah. that. <laughs> 100%, you're right. Well, let's go to De La Soul's Dead. All right. So, I mean, the, the, the first album is ridiculously great, and honestly, it was hard for me to pick one song to... Because I, I knew in the later albums there was more than one song I needed to get to. It was hard for me to pick just one. Mm-hmm. So Me, Myself, and I, to me, sort of is the ethos of that first record. Mm-hmm. De La Soul is Dead it was really hard because there's a bunch of really important songs on that record. But mm-hmm. I think we I think we should talk about um, Ring, 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 mm-hmm. Ha Ha, Hey. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Sorry I can't get through. But don't you leave your name up and your number? And I'll get back to you. Once again, it's another rap bandit feeding an eye, and I can't stand it. I won't punish you, Waldron, if you can't pick out a sample to this song. Well, what I can pick out is the answering machine tone. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we had that one. De La Soul is Dead was an interesting record because in part what they were trying to do was not be who they were on the first album and not be as esoteric and and kind of get away from the the flowers and the bright colors and and uh, reintroduce themselves. Look at the album cover. It's like a, a potted plant of dead daisies. Right, exactly. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, and the record has a lot of moods to it, but... A lot of it has this like really upbeat, fun. Um, I mean, ring, ring, ring is like that. Say no go is like that. Uh, roller skating jam called Saturdays or Name Saturdays is like that. Up tempo, disco feel, and like the record is just so fun. So fun. The album is fun. Yeah. This sounds a lot like that Stetsasonic one you requested before. It does. I agree with that. A lot of um, the De La Soul drum tracks that they use have that swung 16th feel, which I often talk about, and that is like a big part of the, the feel. It makes you want to bop your head. It does. And it's... Swing your shoulders around and step forward and backwards when you're walking your dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get back to you. Check it out. Party after on Dixon Ave. Haven't been to a jam in quite a while. 
It's just a fun record, and to me, it's like really indicative of of the mood the record set. The whole album was just a sort of a an important moment in time for me. This was a band whose new album I would buy, sort of sight unseen. Do you know? Just because yes. I knew it was going to be good, and based on how much I loved the prior album, definitely got the second album. You know, the youth of today don't can't understand that, right? With the ubiquity no. of streaming and I love that you brought that up because I made a note to talk about it. All albums came out on Tuesdays. And I have a very vivid memory of the Tuesday that their third record, Balloon Mind State, uh, came out on that you know, being in line at the record store, waiting for the doors to open with, you know, a dozen other people who wanted to get the album as soon as they possibly could. <laughs> sight unseen, like you said. Pretty much everything I, I got was essentially sight unseen, except for maybe a couple of songs. And you knew that you were only going to get three, four albums that whole year. So, I mean, it had to count, right? You couldn't get the wrong album by that band. Right. Was there a video? Like, I know that... There was, yeah. There was, right? Like, I know Tribe had videos. I remember when Scenario came on. Yeah, yeah. We, would, we yeah. would all have to shut up. And I'll get back to you. Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through. Why don't you leave your name and your number? And we'll get back to you. So yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a you know a, a bunch of songs on uh, De La Soul is Dead that I think are, are worthy. And Bill, I'm trusting you to throw some darts. But I would I would say let's move on to their next album because I want to wax poetic on this record a little bit. Sure. So Balloon Mind State comes out in '93. This is my favorite hip hop album of all time. It is unbelievably good. And it's the last full record they did with Prince Paul. We're gonna listen to Break a Dawn. Honestly, like, I love every song on the record. You know, there, uh, um, there aren't a lot of albums I can still go back to now and listen all the way through without fighting that instinct I've developed over the last 10 or 15 years to skip. I was born in the baby down cat scan when my builder fell down on the rat scan. People saw the super wanna trip to the P now. While I settle off the shores of the long hour. My father's clean, I mean my mind is clear when I transmit. I am the man of the family because the pants fit. They had a uh, an artist that they sort of featured in a really cool way on this record called Shorty Nomas, who, um, you know, she has, a, uh, I think, maybe only one, like, featured verse on the whole record but she's doing punch-ins on everything and and sort of being a just part of kind of the the sonic landscape of the record in a way that i think tribe tried to do with consequence in a more um overt way on their i think fourth album mm -hmm. but yeah the inclusion of shorty nomas in this record to me just made it the texture of the record was different in a way that I really liked. Plus the JB horns, right? Like Maceo and Fred Wesley. Yeah, Maceo crazy. Parker. Like awesome. Awesome. So awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
my ways of the everyday I don't have a lot of smart things to say about this song. The video was great, but just every time I hear this song, it makes me happy. Every time. Freak the wick, call I get a tap on my shoulder because the days of the breaks be just about. To me, if I had to pick one song hmm. for De La Soul, it would be Break of Dawn. Awesome. Well, we'll test this when it comes time to make some proclamations. <laughs> there's some Smokey Robinson in there. Uh, there's some Michael Jackson in there. Uh, the Barkays are in there. I should notice the Barkays. I should have seen the Barkays. Who's, who's doing that na 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 part? I think that's I think that's coming from the Michael Jackson record. Okay. Yeah, this song has always been important and special to me as a fan of the the group. That's a great pick. And so my, so my next pick is also from this record. What is it? Yeah, the song is called I Am, I Be. Such a good one. That's on my list too. A, I just, I love this song in general. It also just has one of my favorite rap lyrics of all time. Um, and, and like to be like a rap dad nerd, like this is a song I've played for my kids because I wanted them to hear what Pasta News had to say. The line is... Uh, I've always walked the right side of the road. If I wasn't making song, I wouldn't be a thug selling drugs, but a man with a plan. And if I was a rug cleaner, bet your will have the cleanest rugs. And just this idea of like, be really good at what you're doing and take pride in what you're doing, no matter what it is. Um, I know that's a, a, a nerd dad sort of rap moment, but um, I, I certainly played this song for my kids over the years. And would always be like, wait, wait, listen to this, listen to this. <laughs> it's a great message. It's a good song. And I think to have a, a rap group really embracing like, hey, be who you are. was just a, was a cool message and something that connected with me as a fan for sure. I am an early bird, but the feathers are black, so the apples that I catch are usually all worms. But it's a must to decipher one's queen from a worm who plays groupie and spread around the bad germ. Uh, there's some Lou Rawls in there. There's some Jimmy Ponder in there. There's some Jefferson Starship in there. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Eddie Harris. Honestly, like, Prince Paul's ability just to stitch together all this stuff into something that made sense sonically is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So is Prince Paul the person who's putting together the music and then... He's the producer. The guys from De La Soul, those guys are MCs and they're just right. doing the raps? Yeah, although it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not as black and white as that. These guys... You know, a lot of the samples that you hear and, and the beat structure that you hear on these De La records, Maceo played a huge part in, uh, which is the DJ of the group, of, of finding those things to build around. But Paul is the one who stitched things together and layer in things that made the song sonically more interesting. What were they using to do that? Were they using Pro Tools? Trees fall so I can play ground with my ankles. 
maybe, but I mean, they, they were using samplers. So you would literally like, you'd play a record, you'd record it into a sampler, which okay. most producers were using a combination of a sampler and a drum machine. And they would, they would bang out the drums um, okay. with the program samples in them. And that was sort of like the, the foundational equipment that a producer would need to, to get that done. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, like Prince Paul to me, in the same way, like the Dust Brothers did this incredible, interesting sonic thing with the Beasties. Um, Prince Paul, I think, really was able to create like a richness to their sound that was just built around layer after layer after layer of borrowed sound to make something new. Alright, so next track is Next Album. The title song for the album is called Stakes is High. And that's what we should dig into now. Stakes is High's album comes out in 96, and this is the first record where Prince Paul is not the producer. Mm -hmm. You hear d different interviews about was there a little bit of a falling out or not, but the most recent interview I watched around this was with Prince Paul, who was sharing his side of the story, which was just like, the group felt like this was their do or die moment. They had to make their, their best record and they needed to detach themselves from the legacy of what De La Soul had been. And they, they needed to expand beyond the confines of, of the sound that had sort of defined them as a group. Migrate into a higher form of consequence. Compliments are struggling that shouldn't be notable. Man, every word I say should be a hip hop quote. I'm sick of bitches shaking asses. I'm sick of talking about blood. Sick of Versace glasses. Sick of slang. Sick of half ass award shows. This record. It does feel different. Like the the, the, the soundscape of the album is different. <laughs> they have new producers they're working with. I think importantly, uh, JD, also known as J Dilla, was sort of part of. <laughs> I remember hearing this one, and I like it. It's a it's a great piece of art in and of itself. The message behind it was really cool, and also just as like a point in time, I have a lot of memories of. You know, going out and buying two copies of this 12 inch and trying to um, <laughs> learn how to how to DJ with this as sort of like the, the tool in my toolbox. So you were trying to like scratch and yeah, yeah. have this and like match the beats between the two records players on the same song. Yeah, I mean, I. I um, I'm old enough now to ad ad admit my frailties. Um, I always had pretty good music taste. I played good music, I just didn't play it particularly well. Um, and, and I got into marketing and promotions. I wanted to be a DJ. My buddy and I got like a residency at a, a reggae bar in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and, and they let us do a hip hop night every other Sunday or whatever. And as I started to meet, people who are actually good at DJing. Um, mm -hmm. The delta between where I was and where they were was was uh, fairly pronounced. And so I, I pretty quickly, I mean, I was always a bedroom DJ who DJed for fun, but I I left the real, real DJing to people with a better skill set than myself, for sure. It's hard. It's an instrument. I mean, it's it's a lot of coordination. It takes a lot of practice. I very quickly pivoted to like, well, why don't I 
stand at the door and you know uh, charge people when they come in and you play the music uh-huh. <laughs> that's funny and yeah that was my pivot mm-hmm. yeah th- this song sort of lines up for me I got one more pick let's go and then, and then we should do battle Okay. <laughs> so my my other pick is from this uh, from the same album. It's called It's So Easy. If money makes a man strange, we got to rearrange so that. What makes the world go round? Listen, I don't know. Gotta change how it's going. Yeah. This is actually a uh, a True Boy solo record, which is not something they. It's not. I mean, it was on the Daylight album, but but Pastanus is not rapping on it. Doesn't that synth sound just sound like a Casio tone? <laughs> it does. Yeah. And Waldron, there's a sample in here. The song is built in part off of the song Happy Days by Pratt and McLean, which was the theme song for the TV show Happy Days. Mm-hmm. I don't know where in the song that they cut from and stitched together, but yeah, Happy Days. A show nobody watches anymore. <laughs> I, I, I've got my kids using "sit on it, Potsy" as a God bless you. As, a, yeah. as a thing that they can say. Yeah. They only usually say it to me. I don't think they would bust it out with their friends as a comeback. Yeah, I love it. Listen, I don't know. Gotta change the way it's going down. If money makes a man strange, we got to rearrange So what makes the world go? Uh, theme song it's it's in here I'm listening for it I can't hear it yet I don't know where it is either but uh, yeah the two the two big samples in here are, are, are Happy Days by Pratt and McLean and a song called Hot This Year by the Dirtsman don't know the Dirtsman so I can tell that Billy is just desperate, desperate know, for some revenge. So chopping at the bit. Come on, Billy, because there's like 40 songs you could want to talk about. All right. So I don't know how to do it, Waldron, if you want to do like speed round, but some some picks that are just you can't talk about DLSL without talking about these picks. Right. So we talked about me, myself and I. I don't think we talked about the magic number. From Three Feet High and Rising, I don't think we talked about The Magic Number, Say No Go, or Jennifer Taught Me. Three, that's the magic number. Oh my god, those drums, listen to that. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip-hop soul community, was born three makes love me, and that's the magic number. Difficult preaching is possibly And the problem for me, Bill, is that every song you pick, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, we should have done that yeah, one. Yeah, of course. But you yeah. know what? I think um, I would posit that all the picks that I would put out there would probably be like the greatest hits round, right? So like, I think you took us deeper into the catalog than I would have gone with your picks, and I'm psyched about that. I'm gonna put it back on you, Billy. What is it about this song that you just love? so much why would you ask that question 
Well, for revenge, for one thing, because of how often you do that to me in the podcast, but also because... Two things. I mean, it's it's the beats and the rhymes. Like, just the beat is so groo- grooving. You know, you, it's physically moving me. I can't sit still listening to this. And I love the way the drums come out and the rap goes over it. Like, that's like a key thing of hip-hop is the drums just cut out and they keep rapping. And they do it to a great effect on the song. You have to play Say No Go for a second. Thank you. Now let's get right on down to the skit. A baby is brought into a world of pits. And if we could have talked that soon in a delivery room, it would have asked the nurse for a hit. The reason for this... The so great. This was on my short list. This is Jennifer taught me. In a flash, the school bell rang. Jenny grabbed onto my hand, took me home, and said, "You gorgeous, swing it, swing it, swing." So good. So uh, I'm gonna go speed round. So we're gonna move on. On balloon mind state, you didn't play ego trip in part two, right? No, and I hate myself for it. Don't hate yourself. There's too much. There's too much. This part is the best. <laughs> what, what was it that your father said about the stones? Screaming monkeys. Screaming monkeys. It have, you know, that <laughs> it's a little noisy. It's a little discordant, but it's so funny. It's a great pick, Bill. Okay, so also eye patch on Balloon Mind State. Oh, God bless you. Absolutely. Eye patch and, and focus are both amazing. Mess up my mind, mess up my mind, mess up my mind with the eye patch. So, Billy, it sounds like maybe it's been decided. What do you think? I think it is decided, and I'd like to invite Tim to make the proclamations of the greatest De La Soul track and De La Soul's very best album. For me, it's 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 an impossible t- it's an impossible task, but do your best. Their best album is Balloon Mind State. And the best song on it is Break It On. And that is my proclamation, and I will fight for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Dude's <laughs> yeah. always inviting a fight. Let's battle. <laughs> I love it. Well, dude, I just want to thank you, Tim. Again. Again for coming in and the good, the bad, and Uncle Tom showing us the way. I love doing it. Thank you, Tim. It's so awesome to have your your perspective and your awareness and expertise, and appreciate all the work you did. Thanks, Bill. And could you make People need to get in touch, Billy. But how can how 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 do they get in touch, Waldron? How do they get in touch? Instagram with Facebook, not not with the other one that we don't talk about, but with Insta. They get in touch on Insta, Facebook, and Mastodon. Really? Oh no, just kidding. We don't have Mastodon. Oh okay. But Instagram and Facebook and email. I prefer the email because yeah, we love it when we get email. It's so fun when people write to us. So we love that. Write us, and you can visit our website too. They're very best. Is there any way people can like promote the show or help us or review? You know, what can people do to support the show? I'm sorry, I didn't know you were going back to that. Leave a review on the Apple on the Apple Podcast app. So reviews are really helpful. 
Five stars only, Billy. We're going to do more of these, so beware. Watch out! We'll be offering more unsolicited, wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best. (laughs) 